You know, as we think about the Aladdin story, and we, we already kind of mentioned earlier, at least I did, that these stories are about redemption. In fact, pretty much all Disney movies are about the redemption of situations, lives, families, individuals. It's an amazing truth that's core to really being human. Can we be redeemed? Can situations change? Can life be made better? Can we recover? Can we start brand new? That's all part. Can there be a whole new world? You know, and, and the truth is there can be. And that is core to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today in a little bit, we're going to look at some Bible verses in Corinthians and speak to that truth. When we get to that, be ready for it. It's going to kind of make that application of the story for us. But first, you have to know a little bit about the Aladdin story. You may have seen it many times like I have. Uh, we had kid, great grandkids who liked the movie, and, and so it repeated many, 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 many times in our home. So I know the characters relatively well uh, because of that. And it's set in ancient Arabia. Uh, last week we did The Lion King. The Lion King was a very simple story because it's based really in the story of Moses. And so we really have a very biblical core. Uh, this story is set in the Middle East where the Bible story, of course, is written for you and me. It's about a street kid named Aladdin. No parents, no education, no money, no job, no opportunities, no future. That's his story or so it seemed. But it's going to change. Movie begins with the young man stealing a loaf of bread and running for his life because of that. And he runs into Jasmine, a princess. Now, he didn't know she's a princess because she's an incognito there. So they begin kind of a friendship and didn't take long till he falls in love. That's the Disney story and the, these fairy tale stories you know so well. But as, as he falls in love, he discovers, though, that she eventually realized she's a princess and she can only marry a prince. And he's poverty, uneducated, nothing. There's no possibility for that as far as he's concerned. Then he finds his way to a cave, long story short, goes to a cave. Bad guy named Jafar can't go in there to, to get the lamp, the magic lamp. So he sends, he sends Aladdin in to do that because you have to be some, a good person. And Aladdin basically good. So he goes in, comes out with a lamp. Long, long story, again short, comes out with a lamp. Uh, and there he meets a genie, and he has three wishes granted to him. Uh, the first wish, he wishes, well, guess what? I want to be a prince, because you have to be a prince to marry Jasmine. And I don't want to be poor anymore. I want to have everything, and so I want to be a prince. And he finds himself in the ocean. Now he re- wishes, I want to be rescued. I, I don't want to drown. So the second wish is now used up. We'll talk about the third wish later on in the message. There's his first two wishes already gone. But he discovers, though, something when he runs into Jasmine that she's not all that impressed with him anymore. Because now he's wealthy, he has servants, he has fine clothing, you know, he's prideful, he's arrogant, he's egotistical, he thinks he's somehow special now. He's not that innocent young man that he was, and and it's not going at all like he thinks. And he also has to deal with some basic misconceptions about everything in the process. Now, the end is, of course, he finds redemption by accepting himself. That's a very common Disney theme. The genie says, just be yourself. She likes who you are. She doesn't like who you become, this arrogant, egotistical prince with all your wealth. So he finds redemption in that. He overcomes the evil in Jafar, the, the bad guy. He recognizes being a prince is no big deal. 
Not at all what he thought it would be once he gets everything he's always wanted. And he marries Jasmine, sets the genie free with his third wish. So think about what that really means. I can wish for anything but the genie who I've learned to appreciate, build a friendship with, I set you free, and they lived happily ever after. (laughs) Okay, you've got the story, right? You probably knew it already. Well, many Americans, I believe, are a lot like Aladdin was, especially at the beginning. He thinks, if I get this, if I do this, if I become this, if I achieve, in his case, princedom, then life will be wonderful. Don't we think that in our American culture? Uh, We're all about the big if. That was his story. It was all about the if. And so we're all about the if. If I get this, do this, achieve that, if this happens, if this changes, if all this takes place, then I will arrive at some imaginary fairy tale place that doesn't even exist. Because all the ifs happened for him. He became a prince. He became wealthy. Uh, he had his servants. You know, he had his gold and fine clothing. And Jasmine says, eh, I don't like you very much. Why don't you go somewhere else? Well, here's what George Barna says, and George Barna is one of my favorite writers because he doesn't do much conjecturing. George Barna makes his uh, prognosis about you and me and our culture based upon what's called surveys. He has very large national surveys to find out about us. It tells us, here's what I've discovered about us. And here's what he says from a book called The American Deception, written not too long ago. He says, many Americans are profoundly superficial, and spiritually deceived. Like Aladdin. You know, superficial. I've now got nice clothes. Aren't I just great? That's what he thought. Uh, Deceived. Now everybody's going to love me like I love myself. Not how it worked. Many Americans, he says, are profoundly superficial and spiritually deceived. Life is about doing what makes you happy and achieving whatever you can and getting what is due you. When you die, it's over, so you have to make the best of life while you can. Now, you're hearing that. That's, that's kind of the subterfuge of the American culture. That's kind of the lie that we are told. That's the image that we're given. This is how we should live, what we should achieve. And therefore, when it happens, it's going to be great and wonderful. And if it, somehow it does happen, we're going to say, it's not as great and wonderful as I thought it was. What's wrong with that? It goes on to say a country where nine out of ten Americans believe in God, but only half can name five of the Ten Commandments. The word there is disconnect. Disconnect from, okay, I have this idea there is a God, which is a big thing to think and believe. I mean, it's huge to say, I believe there is a God. And yet in that same sense, but I don't care what he says. I don't care about living a life connected with who that God is because I don't even know what those commandments are. That's nine out of ten. That's amazing to think about that. Or that's half who can't name but five of the ten commandments. Today we're looking at a journey, a different kind of journey, a journey that's illustrated by this Disney story, Aladdin, and one that followers of Christ, Christians are designed to experience. Now I'm going to read uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through 31. 
And then we're going to share several of those verses and talk about how they connect with Aladdin, but even more, how they connect with you and me. And this, this is the word of God, so be prepared to, to hear this word. Verse 26, chapter 1, 1 Corinthians. For consider your calling, brethren, if there were not many wise according to the flesh, and not many noble, and not many mighty. Start with the first verse for a second, before I read the rest of that text. This is the church of what's called Corinth, which is a major city of the Roman Empire. It's made up mostly of Greek and Roman converts to Jesus Christ. They'd come out of the culture of that world, which included much of the story of Aladdin, really. That's how they wanted to live. It's what they wanted to achieve. It's what they wanted to have. It's also a pagan world. They worship many other gods other than the God of Christ. That's who they were. If Rome in that world was the New York of its day, then Corinth might be the Los Angeles or the Las Vegas of its day. So you get a sense of what that culture was like and where they come from. Uh, They had moved to faith in Christ from that kind of cultural experience. So that's who they were. And here again it says, now consider your calling now. Think about where you came from. Verse 27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world and the despised. God has chosen the things that are not, that he might nullify the things that are. Think about Aladdin's story, that no one should boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who become to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And redemption is the key part of the Disney-themed stories, situations, lies, people can be redeemed, made new, and that is the core teaching of Jesus Christ. We can be made new by the gospel. He comes to live live and die and rise that we might have. And verse 31, and just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Think about our journey. Life is a story. The Bible is about the story of redemption, the story of humanity being called back to God, to a walk with God, to being made whole through that relationship with Jesus through and in and with Jesus Christ. So what's our story? Now I want to share these same verses using what's called the Message Bible. It's more of a modern translation that speaks maybe to our time today. So hear it from that directive, and I'll put those words up on the screen for you. Verse 26 first. Take a good look friends, and who you were when you got called into the Christian life. That's verse 26. Can we put that up, please? Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into the Christian life. So know where you came from. Know who you really are. You know, the Aladdin story, of course, we have this character who all of a sudden he has this finery and this special clothing and this wealth and servants, but, you know, he's still Aladdin. He's head chained, just who he really is. So he gets a big head, thinks he's wonderful, thinks he's great. You know, I think in a way that's what the Bible's talking about, those characters and those people in the Corinthian time as they are in our time today. Think about who you, you really are because without God, without God, take the genie away from Aladdin, who is he? Without God, we are helpless and hopeless, destined to be consumed by the culture and disappointed by the results. 
Without God, we are helpless and we are hopeless. Destined to be consumed by the culture, disappointed by the results, drinking at a fountain that leaves us still thirsty. That's the American superficialness and the spiritual poverty that so many live in, even Christians. They have these beliefs, but they don't live them out in a relationship with God that takes day-by-day experience in Christ, as we, as we attempt to do in worship each week, and probably why most of us are here. Laodicean church is some words written to that church there in, in the book of Revelation. These are words of Jesus Christ. Laodicean church really was a little bit like the Corinthian church. Here's what he says. Don't you know that you are poor, pitiable, blind, and naked? Don't you know? Buy from me gold refined by fire that you may be rich. Get from me what I can give you. Same thing you offered the woman at the well. I'll give you water you'll never thirst again. If you just ask me for it, I want you to have that. The Corinthian church was in turmoil at this time. It has two long letters Paul writes to them, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. It takes a long time to really bring them to, to understanding what he's trying to tell them. Uh, they, they're fighting. They're not united. They're saying, I follow you, I follow you, no, I follow you, and no, I want the first place, I want this place, I want that place. They were struggling the same as those in the world they had lived in before. They had yet to arrive at what it is to be a real disciple or a real Christian. And so he tells them these words, don't you know who you really are? Just, just get to that place. What would you be without God? Who would you be without God's grace? Who would you be without Christ? He's called you. He goes on to say in verse 26 and 27, the second part of that Corinthian text, here again the Message Bible. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Isn't it obvious that God chose the nobodies? Not sure how far our churches would get if they said, you know, this is a side for those who are not very bright. <laughs> this is that side there, not, not very best over here. Here's a side for the nobodies. And when you come in, pick your side. Do you decide that, well, I'm going to go with a, I'm not too bright. I'm going to go with, I'm the nobody. And yet that's what the Bible says about each of us, that we're, we're not that. We're, we're not all that we might say today. Isn't it obvious who God chooses to bring good news to them? Like Aladdin, a, a street urchin who becomes a prince, a loser who becomes a winner, a selfish, self-centered people who become God's people, a lot like the disciples. If last week talking about the Lion King was about the story of Moses and what he did and who he was, Today might be a story of disciples. They were not the brightest, not the best, the nobodies of that world, fishermen. You couldn't get much poor and low on the cultural scale than to be a fisherman in the Sea of Galilee. So they were not only were they poor fishermen, they were Galileans. And that was the pets in that culture. That's who, uh, mostly who Jesus picked to be his followers. As soon as they become his followers, they start struggling. There's only 12, but they want to know which one of us is the best, which one of us is the first. And also they would often see themselves as, aren't we so special? We're the 12 who follow Jesus, who heals the sick and raises the dead and who walks in the water and who forgives sin and feeds 5,000 with a few pieces of bread and a few fish. And look at us. Aren't we special? And they forgot that, wait a minute, God chose 
the lowest of us for a reason. Corinthians says this, God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He chose not the behaviors of of power and wealth that change the world. And those things can change things. Instead, he chose grace, mercy, and forgiveness to change that world, to change the human heart, to rewrite the human condition. And by the way, that's foolish. It's foolish in the Roman world. It's foolish in our world. It's foolish in the world of that day in the the city of Corinth that was about wealth and power and fame and all the things that people strove for and fought for and died for. Not much different from many people today who still dream and imagine that like Aladdin, if I became, if I had this, if I got that, if I achieved this, wouldn't it be just wonderful? Wouldn't it be just great? They, they think those things. And, and, he say, and he says, no, 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 because God's chosen the foolish things, which is grace. The foolish things, which is offering mercy. The foolish things, which is giving forgiveness. He illustrated that by things like, well, turn the other cheek. Welcome the prodigal son home, no matter what he has or he hasn't done. So we have that new truth being given to us. It takes a while for Aladdin to come to the light of what that really means. And Jasmine finally takes him back, of course, because he finally figures it out toward the end. Well, the third verse, also a message of the Bible. Everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate, and a fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. The words in the New American Standard Version that I read earlier are things like redemption, sanctification, righteousness. It is simply just given a new connotation for you and me what that really means for us. New. It's a whole new world because of Jesus Christ. Thinking in a different way. Realizing it's not about the if I had or if I was or if I could or if this happened. It's about who I am. And uh, Jeannie finally says, just be yourself to this crazy little kid who's trying to figure it out. Just be yourself. Here are we, are people that God has loved, God has given grace to, that God blesses even though we don't deserve it, and God accepts simply because he is God and he is our Heavenly Father. Why I I'm a Christian. Probably why you are a follower of Christ as well. Maybe why you might think, I want that for you, and you can accept that today. The idea of the new, whole new world. The idea of new hearts and new lives and new beginnings. No longer life defined by sin and brokenness or even death, but now by God's new bottom line for you and me, which is grace. That's my history now. My history is not the failures that I've had. I, got, I lost no points for the successes I had that I got no points for either. My past now is under this new idea of God's grace and mercy. That's my past. It's all about God's grace. And that also now is going to write my future as well. God's blessings and above all eternal blessings because now death no longer reigns either. I have a new future that no longer is bound up by the idea that one day I will lose it all. I I will die one day because now I will have it all because God has my heart. I belong to God. No longer longer defined by the past, but now defined by the future. 
You know, and that's simply the story of the gospel of the kingdom of God that we celebrate here today and every time you come to our church and worship with us. Well, the first, fourth uh, verse we're looking at today, 1 Corinthians 1, 29. If you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. You know, and, and when you think about that, so the verse say, if you're going to brag, brag about God, not yourself. You didn't do anything anyway. God created you. God blessed you. God saved you. All you have belongs to God. The Corinthian church, look who you were. You were nobody. Now you're something. You're a child of God. Now, Aladdin, early in his life, was embarrassed about who he was. He was embarrassed about being poor. He was ashamed that he was an orphan. Uh, he, he was looking for value. We all look for value. That's part of our human journey. I want to have some value. I want to I have some value for the reason that I exist. And so he wanted value, and he thought, I'll have value when I get some new clothes. And so he got the new clothes. I'll have value when I get gold, so he got gold. I'll have value when I get servants, so he got servants. I'll have value when they say, here comes a prince. (laughs) And so the prince comes, and he's a prince now, and I have great value. But nobody liked him. (laughs) Jasmine didn't like him anymore. You know the story. He wasn't impressed at all because she had been a princess all her life, and she knew that it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. She knew it offered things that would not deliver and offer blessings that only seem to be blessings, and it has its privileges that really are not that big of a deal. She knew that already, so that's the last thing she wanted from anybody else. And the genie who gave him the gift says, be yourself. That's enough. That's enough. It's a big thing to move from saying ifs to that's enough. And we realize that belonging to God, walking with God, and knowing God is enough, then, then everything changes. And the Aladdin story tells us that. He realizes toward the end, he finally gets it at the end, and, and his last wish is setting the genie free. He could ask for one more wish and ask for the world, ask for a palace. He's learned, hey, that's no big deal. I'm going to set my friend this genie has become my friend. I'm going to set him free. And so he does. We realize that belonging to God, walking with God, and knowing God is enough, then everything changes. Well, Disney is about stories. And so many stories are told. We've told two already, the Lion King being one. Uh, today we're looking at the story, of course, of Aladdin and Jasmine. Uh, and so we tell that story. We'll tell, th- we'll tell three more here the next few weeks. So be looking forward to those as we get to those each week. Um, The gospel is about a story. It's a story of life, our life. And and, and Jesus comes in to write a new story for you and me. Doesn't Jesus change our story? If he enters, that genie character sure changed the story of of Aladdin, but it wasn't what he gave him. He's going to change our story. Story of redemption, of new, and I love the words here, Right thinking, thinking in a brand new, different way about life. Right living, living the way that God teaches us to live. It's about a clean slate, being a whole new world, things made new by God's love for you and me, God's grace. Boy, what an amazing way to live our life and a fresh start. And that starts every day, not just one time only, that's even now. And isn't that exciting? No, that's the truth of our faith. So we share all those simple words from the story of Aladdin, but even more in the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
You bow me in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, today we thank you for the gift you give us and the gift of a new life and a new start. And you know, God, how we struggle. Where we live, our culture continues to grab us all the time, saying, if, 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 then things would be better. We know today, God, that's not true. We know in our hearts that belonging to you is where the truth really is. So, God, we strive for that by surrendering our hearts to you. In that, accepting your grace made new, life being given to us is everlasting, and God, the salvation God that makes our lives what it could be and should be and will be by your love for us. So we pray in Jesus' name, amen.